So a couple of weeks ago, you started an episode by making an apology for something that you said in a previous episode about the show Andor. Well, it's my turn. Ah. Yeah. I gotta... You're not forgiven. Shut up. Last week, I... (laughs) I... I didn't crap on the show because I still ultimately gave the episode a win. I still enjoyed the show. Um, but I said that I wasn't feeling the stakes that, that you know, all of a sudden the premise for the show is dead to me. Right. I went back and rewatched that episode. I Like, back to back. I watched, I watched that episode and then I watched this week's episode. And while I stand by the fact that the some of the overarching stakes of the the show's premise aren't there for me because ultimately I know that everything's going to work out the you know the rebellion will be formed and we'll get all these X-wings and we're going to blow up the death star uh twice uh like it, some of that is lacking however I mean you know and I I didn't dispute this last week Last week's episode is a brilliant episode. It's, it's, and I do feel, I feel the stakes of that episode. I feel sort of like, you know, where, whereas like the, I, I feel, I feel the in the moment stakes of this show, right? The momentary stakes, right? So it's sort of like a macro versus, micro yeah. approach right the macro yeah. stakes the, the tension of the moment versus the tension of the series of, of the, the series so the tension the of the series for me isn't still isn't really fully there um but i think the in the moment this is tense oh shit what are we gonna do stakes are there and and i would like to rescind some of my previous harshities that i put <laughs> forth yeah. Good very good storytelling then. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Oh, you're talking about the show. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah. Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast and our series reviewing the Disney Plus Star Wars show Andor. My name is Brady. I am Carl. And we're the B team. Yeah, there you go. Uh if you don't know what that means then then uh, I mean go back and watch the first few episodes go back go back and listen to the first 200 episodes of this podcast and then you'll be like sorry carl who and then you'll understand why this is the b team uh so yeah so let's just jump right into this this is uh this is episode what episode eight seven seven called the announcement the announcement breaking it down announcement yeah so you know this episode oh you know well i was just gonna say i had one other criticism last week oh is this another apology? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> I stand by it 100% last week. And this week, the show obviously listens to the podcast. And Kathleen Kennedy was like, okay, well, let's let's crack the, the whip and rectify this. Because last week, I was like, look, we are six episodes into this show about the birth of the rebellion and the empire and oppression and you know what is what is sort of an iconic figurehead of of imperial oppression the stormtrooper and right. we have not gotten any stormtroopers we've gotten reference that like hey this guy this guy's a an early finn this guy used to be a stormtrooper okay great fantastic yeah. bully for you and we got some tie fighter pilots with their black stormtrooper-esque you know whatever right. i know where you're going with this yeah not only in this episode, do I get my flipping stormtroopers? But I get the introduction of a whole new type of trooper. All of a sudden, I've got troopers? shore troopers. Uh, they were introduced in Rogue One, actually. Are they in Rogue One? Yeah, they're in the oh, final battle of Rogue One. Look at me, I'm uh, I'm behind. I'm out to lunch here, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I, like which jeez, yeah. You know what? Like, kind of. Really interesting. This episode kind of, like you were saying, it kind of, it even kind of explains why we don't see that more imperial force in uh, imperials and more force in other planets yet. 
yeah. that they yeah. technically occupy, right? And it, and this explains it as the, the empire has had kind of a softer hand in in its machinations yeah. uh, up until this point. Up and until this point, with, but now with the this, gloves are off. Yeah, with this heist, they are tightening their, their grip and strangling the galaxy to make it do what it wants. Yeah, Luthen at one point Luthen when talking to Mon Mothma basically says like now there are no rules. Yeah. Right now the empire is is just yeah, they're just yeah. they've they're we, almost we're, like we're mercenaries forcing their hand. Now they have yeah. to show us their true face. So we got that and then the one other thing, listen, I'm that got me super jazzed, super jazzed provided they handle this correctly. Because we we got a reveal in this episode that if listen at this point prior prior to this I would have been like oh you know what this is on my wish list but if we don't get it then we don't get it I understand after the reveal at the end of this episode if we don't get K two S O it will be a major misfire a oh, yeah. major misfire for this series if you're gonna show me that that model of droid of imperial droid because literally like the as as that imperial droid is walking up the steps i know that you were doing what i was doing which was wait just waiting for it to speak like say something say something <laughs> is that alan tudyk say something no and no, of course it wasn't. it wasn't no that was not k2so no but at, at this like it's gotta happen it's gotta happen yeah. now so and so I found out after watching the episode that yeah this isn't K2SO obviously but also in, there has been a comic put out where that kind of breaks that goes into the story of how Andor meets and reprograms K2SO so we might not see that happen uh. that would I think that would be I'm I'm with you I think that would be a big misstep I think they should tell that story on screen anyway yeah recon on comic panels yeah not even recon just tell it the same I don't care make it make it make it word for word the same story but I think I agree with you I think it'd be a misstep not to see that on screen and not to bring Alan Tudyk in to this oh story. I don't I don't think having something in a comic makes it uh I don't think that makes it off the table to show in a show at all, right? Like yeah. it's it's one thing if they're like, oh well, we've already done this exact storyline in a show at some point, so let's not let's not do that again. Whereas a comic, yeah, you're at no point are you like, oh, we already did this in the comics, so it's just kind of like retreading old ground, and like people are going to be you know bored by this. No, like no, like literally a handful of people, a handful of people are reading and or up to date on Star Wars comics. So yeah, yeah we're good to yeah, go. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I get I'm most not. of mine through little snippets here and there first as far as Star Wars comics. I, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think you can retcon the story, especially since that comic book has come out in the last five to seven years. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a Marvel comic. I, I, I have to double check that. It might still have been Dark Horse. Um, either way, I think, yeah, it, you don't retcon it. You just tell the same story in a different medium. Sure. But, uh, yeah, that's cool. All right, well, so we let's uh, dive into the episode, break it down. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so we start off with Cyril again in his crappy little apartment on Coruscant. Yeah, I'm over his storyline. Yeah, I wish they would either, like, I feel like, we could have picked up his story from that disaster at this point. It, yeah. You know I'm saying like all those yep. scenes between the third episode and now those last three episodes, we didn't need to see anything about Cyril. No. Now, cause, cause those other scenes, they didn't, they didn't really give us anything. Now where his story is actually progressing again. And I, I think at this point, it from this point on, it actually kind of, loops into the overall story a little nicer yeah but anyway yes he's he's got a job interview his mom set up the, the whole mom him relationships feels still feels a little forced 
I a little boring. She definitely she's doesn't like a, his mom, and that comes across pretty strong, though. No, and she's definitely not like a you know she's she's very much a imperial uh, sympathizer, and is like I don't know. It's just <laughs> yeah. very regimented, and like you gotta you know make something yeah. of yourself, and and to hell with yeah. your dreams and aspirations, and. And I don't care that you're a fancy pants. Why did you have your your suit? I, I was like, oh, it seems like a nice suit for yeah. you know the Star Wars your universe. Collar. Your collar's yeah. high. It's a brown suit, mom. Yeah, it's kind of a. He yeah, just Cyril, keeps saying. Cyril's yeah. is fed up with his mom as we are. <laughs> he just keeps saying it's a brown suit, and she's like, well, everything communicates something. And he's like, what is it you think my collar is communicating? Like, what is it <laughs> yeah. saying to you? Yeah. So anyway, then uh, they they got the TV on in the background, and the. News is on, and they announced that the Imperial base on on Aldani was hit. Yeah, and, shit got real. And shit got real. And then we go to our next scene, which is the our ISB headquarters. And Wolf Yularen, for anybody who knows their Star Wars lore, is talking to the ISB. Do you know who Wolf Yularen is? I do. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Wolf Yularen is essentially the man in charge of the ISB. He shows up in the Clone which is Wars not, animated which, TV shows. Which, for, for the record, Anakin does Skywalker. not does not stand for irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Um, he works with Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars. We see him in the animated show. Uh, and uh, I believe he is also shows up in the Rebels animated TV show as well. If you don't like the animated shows, he also shows up in A New Hope. He doesn't have any speaking lines, but, but he's he is part there. of the conference room table conversation uh, near the beginning of that episode with all the Imperial officers. Yeah, he's in with, there. Uh, he's the only one wearing a white jacket. Yeah, he's, he's the, one, the one conversation where we're like, uh, what is the power dynamic between... Tarkin and Vader because it feels yeah. like Vader should just be the end all but Vader is kind of also Tarkin's bitch in this scene yeah. <laughs> so, like, so anyway, what is going Wolf on Yularen, really cool he and he's talking about how the gloves are off you're given no jurisdiction you're, you're essentially there's no overriding rules for you guys you guys can do whatever you want to do your job he's giving I, can I just say full jurisdiction control to do it do what they want and giving them a heavy giving the capability to have a heavy hand in dealing with their responsibilities. Can I just say, I am becoming a very big fan, you know, between Rogue One and now this. I am a very big fan of the white Imperial uniforms. It's pretty slick. It's so slick. It's like, yeah. And just contrasts so much of like, you know, in Star Wars, historically, you know, the bad guys are all dressed in black, right? Yeah. And and the good guys are all in light colors and blah, blah, blah. So to have the juxtaposition between being the evil bad guys and having these beautiful white pristine suits that, you know, kind of like if you were just to take a glance at it, you know, if you just showed it to someone and be like, do you think this is a good guy or a bad guy? My guess is they would go, oh, it looks, I don't know, it looks like a, probably a good guy. So I, I love the white suit. Love it. Yeah. So <clears throat> now that this pronouncement's been made, Lieutenant Miro, who knows that something's going on, realizes she can now pursue this in full and jumps out of her jurisdiction to hunt down the information that she wants. And she, and she is my she, she favorite ends up using character. It to its fullest. She's yeah, really she's my, interesting. I I her storyline I think is the one that I'm the most invested in right now. Well, it, she's she makes a cool antagonist because she's not actually it's an interesting relationship between our protagonist and her as an antagonist because they they don't even know each other. They don't, they don't know, know they, each other. This, she's just and, got this itch in the back of her head she can't scratch. And she's trying to get to it. Well, and it's so interesting for me because you, you know, you're kind of like all of the scenes that you're watching with her are sort of from her point of view, right? You're, she's the character that you're following. She's the one that you're rooting for because 
there's other people within her her council there that are are trying to sabotage her and working against her and nobody likes her but you know yeah. she's kind of the underdog and you're rooting for her and it's so bizarre because you are rooting for someone who is dead set focused on wiping out the rebels like she yeah, she that's a good point yeah she is cool. the most of anyone in that table she is the most we need to deal with this rebel scum we need yeah. to get on top of this and destroy them and wipe them out and i'm sitting there like yeah you go girl <laughs> like yeah yeah so, and, and, so and don't like, an, don't dare yeah. anyone get in her way because she's she's awesome but she's she, like she's totally do what she needs to do to get it done yeah and she's totally not the person we should be rooting for but but yeah. In every scene that she's in, I am. I am rooting for her. Yeah. So and this, the episode kind of does some jumping back and forth between characters, but sticking with her to the end of her story in this episode. So she ends up using her authority. She gets the documents she wants. Uh, and then we find ourselves back in that council room and her main opposition, Lieutenant Belvin, calls her out before she's before we realize she's we don't think she's ready apparently she's got more information than we realize at this point from that uh, seizure of information from the naval office and boy does melvin pull the wrong strings here because she goes above and beyond and gives this really eloquent speech and um what's his name Major Pendergast is just like, she's right, you're wrong. The rest of you would do well to take notes from her. Come follow yeah. me. Well, the, yeah, the, he congratulates her, but at the same time, he, she, he says, watch your back. You've just made some enemies. The way this is He's, worded, though, in this scene where, where you know, the, the guy who's like opposing her is like, you know, Imagine what it would be like if everyone on here had this, everyone on this council, on this team had this sort of approach and blah, 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 in like a, that would be really horrible negative way. And Pendergast is like, yeah, that's interesting. Imagine what it would be like if everyone had, like, took her sort of initiative yeah. and, and, and had her gusto and, and, and the guy who's been opposing her is just like, Wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's not what I, that's, that wasn't what I, oh, shit. Your put down just turned into a congratulations, you did well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I would not, like, as she's getting up, even as he says, like, you know, come take a walk with me, I'm like, I'm feeling all of the eyes in that room looking at her. Because even if they're not against her, at this point, because no one else has really voiced that. It's just been this one opposition. It's never like, you know, this whole come take a walk with me. All of a sudden in this conversation, she's kind of become the teacher's pet. And yeah. well, it's, I mean, everyone in this room is going to look at her like you like. Yeah, they're just she's climbing the corporate ladder that all of them are yes. wanting to climb. That's that's where I was going to go. Like, this is a. The Empire is a dog-eat-dog. Yeah, and she's uh, winning. Establishment. And she just put herself at the top of the ladder. Now all crosshairs are, crosshairs are on her to take her down. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, so her story in this episode just played out beautifully. All Everything we've seen with her previously, just this, this was, we got a, a big chunk of payoff right here. And there's, there's definitely more to come with her story. Yeah. Uh, then we see that we get, get some interaction between Mon Mothma and Luthen. And Luthen is just overjoyed. Like, he's so happy how things have gone down. It's exactly he's, what he wanted. And he's the kind Empire's of being a little... reacting exactly how he wanted them to. He's kind of, I don't know. Like, there's an interesting dynamic between Mon Mothma and Luthen. Um, and it's not the dynamic that I was expecting when we saw their first interaction, right? Like there, there is some, there's some fundamental disagreements in the way that, that this should be handled and the way this should be done. Yeah. Uh, and Luthen's a little bit like he plays coy quite a bit here and sort of in like a sly dick kind of way, but yeah. 
but because he knows what her response is going to be, and he knows that he believes that that's that her distaste in this outcome is irrelevant and and is right. you know well, it's, pointless I, 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 because I agree this is you. what like, needs to be re- done. Their relationship is is an interesting one because from what I can see, he's essentially the mind behind the rebellion. He's uh, the one, yeah. He's, the, he's, he's, he's kind of got the vision in his mind of what needs to happen to make this work. And Maud Mothma, up until this point, was the money. So with her backing him, he really, he, he can't, he doesn't want to do anything that upsets her or else the money's gone. Yeah, and that's now something that's that off I'm, the table. Now that's not as big a deal. He's got yeah. lots of money now. I'm really curious to see how this all pans out because, like, obviously, by the time we reach the original trilogy, um, like, I, I'm curious to see the character progression in Mon Mothma because by the time we reach the the original trilogy, she's clearly like, she's not the money. And but she is very much high up. She's a leader in the rebellion, um, yeah. and so it'll just yeah. be interesting to see how that all plays out. What's going to happen to Luthen? Obviously, I, by the end of this series, I don't think he's going to make it out of it because otherwise, what Where is your is explanation he? for him not being in, yeah. yeah involved in the Battle of Yavin and stuff like that? But yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how she comes around and changes changes basically as a character. Yeah. So, and so like you're asking like, how does she end up leaving the Senate and becoming just a rebel leader? Um, well, not asking, but yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see that all play out. Maybe after Andor, this is something you could dive into. And for those listening that want to know that question as well, uh, there's an episode in the rebels animated TV show that deals with that where she, where, uh, the, the sequences of events that force her to leave the Senate, that that sequence of events happens in the Rebels TV show, which happens after this show. Yeah, I, I'm I'm always of two minds when it comes to like I get that the animated stuff is all canon and some of it is really really good, uh, but I think you still have to you still have to at least allude to it or show it in the live action stuff because that is what the majority of people are are watching. And and if you don't have it, that'll be a question that remains. I I think there's a lot of people that watch the animated stuff too. Still, a a lot of people viewing audience, but it still happens there. And it's sure, but but not near as many as are going to watch the live action. Yeah. Well, this comes down. We're getting way off topic here, but like this comes down to like a money argument, essentially, like which is going to maybe be more profitable. And if that's the case, then the animated versions or TV shows are going to have way more profit because they sell toys. Uh, like there's a reason okay, George yeah, Lucas is- made the second Star Wars movie for little to nothing and just wanted the toy rights. Yeah, this is this is way off topic. <laughs> Anyway, getting back on topic. Yeah, so this really cool interaction between Luthen and Mothma. Essentially, the power dynamic flips. Now Mothma still wants to be a part of this rebellion, but the stakes have just raised exponentially. People are going to get hurt. And Luthen essentially says, good. That was the plan. That's what we want. Because that's – and he says that because now everybody can't turn their blind eye. We're gonna we're gonna end up recruiting more people to the cause, yeah, because of this heavy handedness. I feel like there's sort of a, a a sweet spot in between Luthen and Mon Mothma, right? Where Luthen knows what needs to be done and is willing to to make the sacrifices that he deems necessary to make, um, but he sort of seems out of touch to an extent with the human element and he seems a little out of touch with the like it's kind of like he he's he's got blinders on right he is laser focused on 
taking down the empire. Yeah. But maybe has lost touch with why? With what it is that he knows what they're fighting and what their goal is, but has maybe lost touch with why they're fighting. And mm-hmm. whereas Mon Mothma is much more in touch with the human element, remembers the Republic the way it was, and yeah. and is is concerned about the little guy, but also has got some cold feet about you know some of the the harder sacrifices that are going to yeah. need to be not, made. Not wanting people to get hurt in the long run. Yeah, yeah, which I think just you know that stark contrast between them just plays better into the the story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it creates tension within, yeah. like, it creates civil tension, right? Where, like, okay, guys, like, remember, we're on the same side here. Uh, but it's, but there is, there's, there's, a, there's quite a bit of tension there. Mm-hmm. So we, we leave that scene and we see Cyril interviewing for a job at the Bureau of Standards. And I find Imperial cubicles to be quite impersonal. <laughs> Yes, but also less claustrophobic than than your typical yeah, it's, cubicle. It's pretty I don't know. spacious, but you're like yeah. you can't even have a conversation with the guy in the cubicle next to you because he's twenty feet over. <laughs> yeah, and and none of them have like none of them have pop figures or that was easy yeah, buttons their, their or desk isn't know, decorated ficuses. But uh, yeah, it's like, Cyril seemingly doesn't want like he doesn't really want the job. Well, and, would you? This place is like. It's more designed to look like this corporate (laughs) slave, like, oh yeah. Anyway, he, he reveals he's just, he's, he's, we find out he does end up taking the job anyway, but we, we get a peer into his mind in this conversation that he is still kind of laser focused on clearing his name and, and bringing the people to justice that caused this problem for him. I'm amazed that this conversation, that his little monologue here didn't cost him this job. Like, you know, the fact that it didn't says a lot about the, you know, the organization and the guy that was interviewing him. And that's, that's all fine. Like, that doesn't bother me. But like, as he was saying this, I'm like, dude, if you want this job, shut up. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you are, yeah, you're, uh, like, it, it, not when he first starts explaining, because obviously he's got something to explain, right? He's got to say like, "This is this is this is, this is why you're reading what you're reading on that on that chart." Um, but then his whole like, "I believe that laws are there for a reason, and they need to be upheld, and they need to, you know, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Dude, if this place is into anything remotely shady, then you are shooting yourself in the foot." Right, but it is the Empire, and they're pretty big on as we find out later, sticking to the laws. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, moving, moving on. And I didn't catch this at first, but I thought there was this new player in the mix who was doing some spy crafting, uh, f- looking for a meetup, walking through. Meet, we see our first stormtroopers as she kind of navigates her way through Coruscant. It's actually... Um, uh, Luthen's assistant wife partner works at the 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 store that Luthen owns. That's that's who that is. It's that lady who works the front desk there. Yeah, and she's like using the comms to listen in on this yeah. conversation. And I, yeah, I'm sitting there going like, oh, 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 like, are you, are you, whose side are you on? Well, she's, yeah, well, and she finds this, like, the chalk symbol on the ground, and, but she ends up meeting up with Vel, and a few scenes down the road, uh, who is the leader of our rebel group that stole all the money, and they have a, kind of, an interesting interaction. Vel was expecting to see Luthen. Oh, a cutthroat interaction. Yeah, and, and she gives, uh, Luthen's new orders, which is, your new job is to, uh, go down, hunt down, and. And kill uh, Andor. Which, again, just kind of drives home that, like, Luthen and his conspirators, in this case, is, you know, the this chick is... That's a good uh, term for him, yeah. Is, uh... It's like, he's just very... It's a very cutthroat approach. Well, yeah, he... Right? It's he a knows- use... 
the people are people are are you know these rebels are not are not rebels or even like are almost not even freedom fighters they are resources and resources yeah, are, are expendable we we it was it was said a few times in the last episode and it's hinted on a few, touched on a few times in this episode especially in the interaction between Luthen and Mothma that weapons are meant to be used yeah and and that's how he yeah he's essentially treating these people as what andor was a necessary tool yeah. to make sure that the heist was successful yeah and he now doesn't that it's see successful andor is not a tool he is a liability because he can he can recognize Luthen. Yeah, he doesn't see Andor as like when they first have that interaction in episode two or three, whatever episode that was. It's uh, you know it, you kind of you kind of get the impression that you know Luthen really likes this Andor kid and is you know sees a lot of potential in him and really wants him to be a part of the rebellion. And now it kind of seems like he did see potential in him. Uh, and maybe he liked what he saw as far as, you know, their chances went. Um, but he has no real investment in this kid. He's not, he doesn't want him to yeah. be a part of the rebellion as, as a greater whole. He just, you know, you, you had Luthen a skill set that I needed. not the mentor to Andor we were hoping he would be at this point. No, <laughs> yeah, it was like you had, you had a, you had a skill set that was necessary for this one job and this one job is over, and now you're a liability. Yeah. Uh, after this, we get some Lieutenant Miro stuff that we already talked about. But then we get a scene back in Aldani. We see our last surviving member of the rebellious group, Sinta, uh, uh, and the Empire arriving in force on the planet of uh, Aldani. Oh, yeah. We don't just get stormtroopers in this episode. No, no. We get star destroyers as well. Yeah. And I can't remember. If, I think it was in a, a previous scene. Uh, we hear about how several, like, hundred Aldanians have been captured and are now imprisoned because of what happened uh, on Aldani. So yeah, the empire. Oh, like a hundred more, more or of the empire coming down hard on not just Aldani, but the whole galaxy. Yeah, there's like a hundred and fifty or something. Like not just a couple. Like a large number of them have been taken into custody uh, for suspicion of aiding and abetting aiding and abetting terrorists. Which yeah. I think is so. Like this is this is maybe the first time or one of the few times that yeah from the empire standpoint these rebels are terrorists right which you th think about it okay these are these this is a group of hidden secretive people who are attacking blowing up and stealing from government facilities yeah okay from from an imperial standpoint these rebels are terrorists that that yeah. that is terrorism Yeah. So that, that was kind of cool. Uh, and just kind of feeds into what this whole episode is about is, is just about the empire coming down hard and putting a stranglehold on the empire and showing its true colors. Uh, uh, we now, we, we come back to Andor now and he's come back to Ferrix, uh, coming back to mama. Retrieve mama, mama I got, and I got some money. Beat. Let's go, mama. I like this scene. It was pretty kind of heartwarming. It's heartwarming, but it's also like their interaction is is tough because it's it's a, it's a little goodbye. Yeah. And even before it's a goodbye, like you, you know, the, the goodbye happens the next morning, but the the um but the first interaction the night before, like you can tell Ma's not on board. Like no. You know, she's not going well, with him. Yeah, like and the, picking up the scene a few a few scenes later, they kind of uh, on Ferrix. You know, he it's not just his mom that he visits. He visits his old fling 
gives yeah. her a bunch of money to pay off his debts. and That, for me, the scene between Andor and Bix, that was, to me, that was the more emotional. And, like, a lot of things being said without saying them mm. kind of scene, right? Like, she is... She is heartbroken and she does yeah. love him and but he can't he can't be there and yeah. she's been hurt enough by him in the past that she loves him but she can't trust him yeah so you found that more heartbreaking than this the scene that follows where where, he, where mom says i can't go with you i have to fight here this is my home yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for romance. So <laughs> okay. was, I enjoyed yeah. the the mother son interaction a little bit more, especially some of the lines about you know like, uh, it's that's love. You know, you're always going to be yeah. worried about somebody. I've loved you, you more than I've loved anyone, and I've also yeah. uh, what does she say? She like I've I've fretted, I've worried more about you than anyone. Yeah. Um, so that, and I think this is a good scene because it kind of just kind of her, her wanting to stay hits, I think is going to hits him in a way as a character, kind of pushing him more to fight the empire as well. Like she's, she's leading by example. I thought it was interesting, but not like, not a misstep or not like, not confusing, but it like powerful that Andor like she's talking she's using what happened on Aldani as her as what's fueling her fire and yeah, inspiring somebody her. else standing up is giving her courage to stand up and he I think it's so powerful that he chooses not like if there's anybody if there's anybody in this galaxy that he could entrust with the information that I was a part of that it's her but yeah. he chooses not to. And I thought that was powerful. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. And that, her saying, talking about how that, giving her the courage to stand up, just kind of calls back to what Luthen said about like, this is, you know, essentially this is, I don't think he said this, but this is sparking the flame of rebellion around yeah. the galaxy. Yeah. You know, that this is, this is what's needed. Yeah. Um, and then well, as Because as, it's, it's, it's uh, what is the what it, it's they do it in is it batman v superman is that what i'm thinking of where yeah where lex luthor's whole thing was that uh, i might not be able to kill superman is that what this is is that what this is but if you like it it's not necessarily about killing him it's just about getting people to turn on him to right. stop believing in him, and and so that was very much like what happens with the kind they a, knew they knew that can kill it mentality. <laughs> yeah, stealing this stealing this this bag of cash is not going to cripple the empire. What will cripple the empire, hopefully, is showing that the empire can be stolen from, that they have a weakness, that they're Can't not the impenetrable impenetrable force that that they would have you believe. Yeah. So then, yeah. So we see they have that interaction, mom and, mom and son, and then he leaves and he has to do, do some sneaky, sneaky around some stormtroopers. And as this is happening, we get, we get a flashback, which kind of shows us two things. It shows us one, one of the reasons why, Andor hates the Empire so much, and two, how he ended up in like essentially juvie, um, and that is because his adopted father, who we saw briefly in the second and third episode, or one of them anyway, who uh, died at the hands of the Empire, hung in the streets essentially, and I didn't, I caught it this time. I don't know if they said his name in those earlier episodes, but his adopted dad's name was Clem. Yeah. I thought that was which, cool. It finally which, explains as soon as they why said that, I was like, Oh, that's why he chose that name. That's why you picked such a stupid name for yourself. Yeah. So I don't know if they said it earlier and I just missed it. No, I think this was the Clem, reveal. 
But yeah, like that as a reveal kind of made him choosing that name even more kind of sentimental. It was pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So his dad stood up to didn't he didn't really stand up to the empire. He was more like trying to get other people not to be stupid. And these yeah. weren't clone troopers that did it either. They were or sorry, they weren't uh stormtroopers. They were still clone clone troopers. So this is pretty early in That's very the early empire's on. life. Yeah, and and yeah, it was just basically like this isn't this isn't helping anything. Like, you know, like stop, stop throwing stuff, stop saying long live yeah. the republic. It's you're not helping. Yeah. But because even because he's in the middle of the street when the rock was thrown, he gets wrapped up in and essentially uh, accused of something he didn't do. Yeah. Which is a uh, what's the term prelude to something we see later. Is that the right? It's foreshadowing foreshadow. It's foreshadows uh, what happens to Andor later. Um, This is cool because. Andor has got what he wanted, a buttload of money, and his world is still a freaking mess. <laughs> like, it's not what he wants. Oh, yeah. He, it did, have it what, hasn't, he, he has what he wants, but he doesn't have what he wants. Yeah, he can get out of there, but that doesn't fix anything. Yeah. Um, we've jumped over a few scenes. <clears throat> so jumping back to a scene we've overlooked, Mon Mothma's party. What'd you think of that? Um, it was, it was interesting. I like the conversation and I'm very intrigued and can't wait for the to be concluded of the conversation that she's having with her old school chum. Yeah. Um, but not who we thought it would be. No, but ultimately this, this is still not the scene that I, like, I still wanted that dinner party. I still wanted that, you know the dinner party that we were supposed to see right. that I wanted to see from like three episodes ago. So, I mean, this is, this was interesting, but, but that as soon as the scene started, I was just like, Oh, why, why, why didn't you show me this other, there was like, that was the perfect well, setup for so many tense conversations. Yeah. But I feel no, like it's, it's still a good scene. Yeah. So for me, this scene does two things. One, it kind of shows, Mon Mothma's devious side. You know, that line about I've learned from Palpatine's ways. What's the, she she uses yeah. a specific term and like like yeah, don't don't you looking at the left hand, I got another behind my back or whatever, a knife behind my back. But um the other cool thing it well, it's not really cool. The other thing it does is for me kind of the same way Cyril's story could have just picked up here. This, this scene kind of that, you remember how episode five just sucked for us? Yeah. All that stuff in episode five with Mon Mothma could have been skipped over and we could have picked it up with. Yep. Like this portrays everything we wanted to see that episode five did. Right. Husband, almost she feels like her husband's looking over her shoulder and is going to report her the second she does something she shouldn't. Oh, I, uh, and I, I love that line of he doesn't, you know, he's, he's, he's approaching now. He doesn't know any of this and he's not to be trusted. Yeah. Like, it's like, yes. Way better than anything we got from them at her in episode five. So this scene just made episode five even weaker. (laughs) This scene. Oh yeah. Episode five was useless. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought the party was good. I thought kind of the, the spy as craft that she portrays in this episode is, is really cool. Sorry. I got a bit of a dry throat. Give me a sec. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. Um, and, or, uh, is living the high life on uh, Miami Beach, Miami Beach world. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It uh, seems nice. He seems. Does he not seem like? I don't know. I'm like, it looks hot as hell, and he's in like long sleeves and <laughs> and yeah. pants. Like, do they they don't have swim trunks on in Star Wars? Like, <laughs> yeah. Why isn't he walking down the beach in trunks and nothing and no top or something? 
show off that six pack you've worked for. <laughs> but yeah, like he's living the high life. He's got a girl in his bed. He's got a, a briefcase full of money. And he's just out on a stroll on the beach. Going to go to the store, grab some, uh, grab some, um, what, like, what kind of stuff, ber- some kind of berries. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of, <laughs> or some kind of candy, something. Yeah. He's his, got, he's got a lady. Please the missus. And, uh, yeah. As he's walking down the beach, a shore trooper is chasing some hooligans. Yeah. This is just like such a wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Gets up to the store. He's like looking around because he doesn't know what's going on. And this shore trooper's like, hey, what are you doing? You part of that? Part of what? (laughs) Yeah, don't act like you don't know. Which at first, this scene feels really forced. Like, oh, we got to throw him in jail. So let's just arrest him. But But the more I think about it, the more it makes complete sense. If you're a stormtrooper. And this heist just happened and coming down from the top of the Imperial chain of command is, you know, like don't take any chances, uh, keep an eye out. Crap is happening. That shouldn't be happening. You're going to be hyper aware and, and not take any chances, right? Like this guy is acting cool, but he's all sweaty. Like he's been running and he's looking around like he's, Trekking to see if somebody's following him. Yeah, see, he wasn't acting that cool though. Like he's very suspicious <laughs> looking, right? Like, because like, there, yeah, there's a moment where he's like, uh, "Is this short trooper chasing after me?" And he kind of does this like stop and look, and then move up a yeah. level and stop and look, and then and then actually like jogs up the stairs, like starts to run away himself. And I'm like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Yeah. So he ends up getting arrested by this shore trooper and yep. uh, a uh, Imperial droid. Uh, like, uh, but there's something cool about this shore trooper that uh, I think you're going to really like. Do you know who who's at playing this shore trooper? If it's not Nicolas Cage, I don't, I, then I don't care. What if I told you it was Sam Witwer? <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah so for those that don't know sam witwer uh is the voice and mocap artist uh for two star wars games that yeah, force unleashed like. force unleashed and he also voices darth maul in the animated shows sure does he's a he's <clears throat> a so, he's a star wars comic-con icon Oh yeah, he's awesome. So having him in there is pretty, Doesn't pretty cool. He voice and and he's not. It's not a face reveal, so we could still have him. Reve- he could still play more Star Wars parts in different ways. I think in the, I think in certainly in the Force Unleashed games, but I think also in the odd animated situation, I think he also voices Palpatine sometimes, or voices Sidious. Uh, he, I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just IMDBing him real quick. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Anyway. Yeah. So <clears throat> Andor gets, uh, arrested and apparently the judicial system for the empire is also taking a no BS approach and they are <laughs> just locking everybody up for any small offense and small offenses have had their jail times essentially quadrupled. Because yeah. his his jail time goes from like he used to be six uh, months, six months stints to like six years. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's the last we see of Andor in this episode. That was yeah, a very I, quick judicial process. Essentially, don't argue with the judge. The judge just swipes a card, puts your name and information on it, and off you go to jail. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I was like <laughs> the the ending of this episode was shocking to me because yeah. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so we see, yeah. So Andor gets arrested and he's off to jail. And then very poetically, the last scene is ends with Cyril alone in essentially his own little jail and his yeah. cubicle. Oh, uh, so. Sam Witwer also played doomsday in Smallville. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Was he Palpatine? Yeah, he's done Palpatine. He's done Darth Maul. He did Dark Side. Yeah. Like he's yeah, basically yeah. anytime they need someone he's in the Star Wars really universe, cool it's him and uh, Aaron Taylor. Who's the guy that voices uh, voices Obi Wan in the Clone Wars? He does a bunch of different voices too. But so cool. That's the episode. So was this episode a winner or a fail for you, sir? Uh, this is a big win for me yeah like the whole episode is dealing with the fallout of the the robbery uh dig deeper into the creation of the rebellion like there there are little pockets of rebellion but this is essentially like not only is it the origin story for andor but it's essentially the origin story for the uh unionize like uniting people under the banner of the rebellion rebellion. yeah yeah this is this is the episode that you know there are rebels out there um but this is the this is the moment where you know basically it's the uncle sam wants you kind of thing for the rebellion in a lot of ways yeah yeah so this this episode especially coming off such a high energy and intense an enjoyable episode that episode six was like this, this had all the opportunities to be a big flop like episode five was. And it wasn't, I thought it was really good. It was right up there with episode six. I concur. Yeah. This was a win for me. Uh, yeah, it was fun. This, and this episode actually for me made the last episode a better episode. Just seeing mm, the yeah. sort of the, the fallout, the fallout. from it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, all of our links below, man. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Patreon. That's a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. Our merch page, our Movie Men Bingo is still there. Check that out. Might might have to have an addition to that. The B team. The, the B team bingo. Oh, somebody's okay. gonna have well, to make that up. Well, yeah, we'll talk to the guy that made the first one and be like, "Yo, man, you 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 you've been sleeping on the B team." Although there's probably not enough, there's not enough B team episodes yet to, you know, to flesh yeah. that out. Need, but, need a few more under our belts. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this series goes. Uh, I'm pumped, man. I'm so pumped. You're you, you're you, getting better you at that sound off. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Pete's job, damn it, I'm not uh.